0: I'm delighted to welcome Josh Puddle to the podcast. Josh, along with his wife Lisa, founded Momo Kombucha in 2018, starting off brewing in their home kitchen and building to a B Corp certified business with a brewery in Vauxhall, London. I've just had a tour of the brewery and it's an incredible setup. We're actually sitting under the arches of the railway in Vauxhall. um, So there may be some background train noise happening. Um, And Josh is now going to answer all of my questions on Kombucha. Welcome, Josh.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming to see our brewery. Yeah,
0: and thanks for the kombucha. I'm just having the lovely um, elderflower variety at the minute. So that was a very quick summary of your journey, Josh. Could you tell us in your own words how you came to be the owner of a kombucha brewery?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, I started Momo with my wife, Lisa, yep. back in 2018. Um, but the story actually starts back in 2016 when we went to visit New York on holiday Um, and on the plane, on the way over there, Lisa was telling me all about gut health, which at the time I'd never heard of. Um, and she said, yeah, there's this drink in, it's very popular in the States, very good for gut health. It's called kombucha. So while we were over there, as you do, we went into a whole foods and we were kind of blown away by the choice of kombucha on offer. The fridge was kind of meters wide, floor to ceiling, it was definitely um, the biggest soft drinks category wow. in the fridge and loads of cool flavors, loads of great brands. And we couldn't believe it barely existed at the time in in, in the UK. And we thought if this was being sold in London, we'd be buying this every day. Yeah. So the business idea was, was kind of planted. We both loved the product. We actually didn't do anything about it for quite a few months <laughs> um, and then it was it was at the end of the year at Christmas I remember being back at my parents' house just feeling a bit kind of fed up with the status quo and my um, my current job and having always wanted to do my own thing and ended up going online and buying 30 pounds kombucha kits buying the big book of kombucha which is kind <laughs> of like the Bible the of kombucha. Bible. <laughs> by the, uh, written by a lady known as the kombucha mama. And we took it from there. Really. We started, um, we started brewing it at our, at our home. Um, I very quickly really fell in love with the process of making kombucha. Mm. It's on the one hand, very, very simple, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. And on the other hand, it's actually very, very complex. So we started making our own and very quickly we thought we were you know, really going to go for this. Um, and uh, about 18 months later, we sold our first bottle.
0: Wow. What an amazing story. <laughs> um, for people that don't know, what, what exactly is kombucha?
1: Yeah. So kombucha is fermented tea. Yep. It's a healthy soft drink full of probiotics and organic acids, uh, very low in sugar and great for your gut health.
0: You mentioned gut health, which is huge at the moment. Um, so, what what are the benefits of you know kombucha to your gut?
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, firstly, I'd say it tastes absolutely delicious, yeah. <laughs> so um, which is definitely benefit, yeah. definitely yeah. the number the number one reason for for drinking it. Um, but yeah, the authentic kombucha, and by authentic, I mean unpasteurized, unfiltered, is very good for for gut health. Um I don't know if you're familiar with with Tim Spector. Yeah, we He's like
0: Tim Spector. He's <laughs> been t- you know
1: talking a lot about the importance of the gut microbiome, which is a sen- essentially the community of microbes in our intestines which are crucial to our overall health and wellness. Yeah. And whilst individually these microbes are tiny, when taken as a whole they weigh about the same as our brain. And Tim's new thinking is actually to think about these, uh, these microbes as a pharmacy, and they're pumping out thousands of different chemicals a day that are essential for our bodies. Um, and these, these chemicals are crucial for things like our immune system, uh, keen for fighting aging, cancer, infections, allergies, and much, much more. Mm. Um, and by having authentic fermented foods like kombucha, really helps to support um, that gut microbiome with healthy bacteria.
0: So it tastes great and it's really good for us. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Could you, in the most simple terms, take us through the process of making it, how it's actually
1: made? Sure. So it's four simple ingredients. Uh, You need water, tea, sugar, and what's called a SCOBY, Mm. which uh, which stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. Mm. Sounds very complicated. In effect, all that is, is kombucha. So a bit like a sourdough culture with bread Mm. you just need kombucha to start making more kombucha so step one you put the kettle on you boil the water and then you steep the tea at momo we use three different types of organic loose leaf tea
0: i was going to ask you about the tea does it does it matter what tea you use or
1: it it matters a lot to flavor yes and i would say the culture which is essentially the, the the microbes in the in the kombucha, mm. they do tend to respond differently to different types of types of tea. Right. Um, we use uh, a sencha from China, a pu'er tea, which is a rare fermented tea from China, and we use an Assam tea from okay. India.
0: And did you say they're all organic teas? They're
1: well? all organic, so all organic loose leaves. So we've got these giant uh, brew bags, wow, which we fill uh, the brewers fill with the tea. And then they will literally stand over the um, the kind of giant teapot, which is yeah. essentially a 500 liter tank yeah. and just <laughs> dipping the, the tea bags in and out. Like
0: making a giant cup of tea. Essentially like,
1: <laughs> yeah, imagine making a giant, giant cup of yeah. tea. Uh, the next step is dissolving the sugar. Mm. So you need quite a lot of sugar to make kombucha but actually most of it gets consumed during fermentation. So at the end, you have a product that's very low in sugar. Yeah,
0: because it is. I mean, whenever I've looked on the back of a bottle, it's like, you know, I don't know, eight calories or 10 calories. It's really low in sugar. So what happens to the sugar then?
1: So simplistically, the yeast will consume that sugar. Oh, so it
0: eats it and that's how it's brewing kind of.
1: It, exactly. Yeah. So they'll they'll use that sugar which is part of the fermentation mm-hmm. process to produce carbon dioxide and alcohol. Yeah. And then it's the bacteria that steps in. So when we talk about kombucha fermentation we talk about symbiosis. Yeah. So you need the yeast and bacteria to effectively be working together. Um, and the bacteria will then th- feed off the alcohol to produce some of the um the acids so the thing that gives the most strong one being acetic acid yeah which gives kombucha that slightly vinegary tang yeah is from the bacteria essentially feeding off the alcohol and producing acetic acid
0: yeah but just to be clear you don't end up with an alcoholic drink
1: no so it's uh it's a soft drink yeah. uh, there will be trace amounts of alcohol Um, it's around 0.2 0.3 percent in momo yeah so it's safe for kids safe for pregnant people um it is it is classed as non-alcoholic it's about the same as you'd get in in in, in a banana or or soy sauce or non-alcoholic beer exactly
0: cool um so you've got your um you've got your scoby in there you've got your it's fermenting what happens next
1: Yeah. So yeah. No. See, I got to yeah. Dissolving the sugar, you've then got your sweet tea, and then next you need to add your culture. Yeah. So this is what some people refer to as starter culture or SCOBY, um, but it is essentially just just kombucha, and you could actually use one of our bottles because it's raw and unfiltered oh. to so, make to make so I kombucha don't need at home the
0: thing that looks like a big plastic pancake mm-hmm. i don't need one of them or do i need one of them
1: no so that's actually <laughs> that's actually a really big myth in kombucha and a lot of people that make it at home they think you need this uh the white pellicle yeah. which essentially grows across the top we've just seen it in the fermentation seen a room lot of them. <laughs> yeah that people think you need that to make kombucha yeah That's not quite right. That's actually a byproduct of the fermentation process.
0: Oh, so that's not the starter.
1: No, but the reason you, some people, you can use that is because of the liquid that lives within that, that white, white pellicle. So when we're brewing our kombucha, we're not putting in the white pellicles. We're just putting in a really strong, what we call starter culture, which is effectively just really strong kombucha.
0: So would that be when you've brewed it and you've run off most of it there's a bit left with the i guess the sedimenty bit in the bottom would that be the the strong bit or is that too simple am uh, i simplistic
1: uh, uh, that's (laughs) not quite right so we um so we we just we just brew it exactly the same as we would be making normal kombucha Mm. but with a slightly higher concentration of of tea yeah more sugar and we let it ferment for longer Mm. that's essentially the the key differences
0: wow I, I, I had no idea. Um, and then it's, it's in your, I, I mean, I, I would just went to see um, Josh's setup. And one thing that's fascinating about what you do is you really do brew thousands and thousands of glass, maybe not thousands, but at least hundreds and hundreds of small glass jars. So everything's done on a, a really small scale.
1: Yeah, we're, we're essentially making it the homemade yeah. way. Yeah, it um, looks like my
0: sister does it in her kitchen. She's got a jar exactly that size, but you've got hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, which is not not an easy thing to do <laughs> at scale yeah. at all. Um, but when we were researching how to make kombucha, we spoke to a number of commercial brewers, and they all said the same thing, that the best kombucha they'd made yeah. was in a small glass jar. And there's a few reasons why that makes makes a big difference. Um, so quite early on, we decided we'd, we'd stick to that those homemade principles. Yeah. Also really crucially, our kombucha is completely raw. Yeah. Uh, so some of the commercial ones have actually been pasteurized, which kills oh, okay. all the bacteria and yeast. Um, is and that for
0: shelf life? Or? For
1: shelf life and for stability. Right. And it means that those kombuchas you don't need to store in the fridge. Yeah. Whereas our kombucha, like most authentically made um authentically made fermented products have Mm. to be stored in the fridge. Otherwise they carry on fermenting because they're full of live, live cultures. Yeah. Uh, And really importantly, we don't filter it at all. So when it's finished fermenting in the jar, we take out the white pellicle that's grown over the top. Yeah. And then all of that liquids will essentially go into the bottle. So when you, when you pour Momo, you can see it's a little bit hazy. You can actually see the live cultures suspended in the liquid. Uh, so it means it is good for the gut and it gives it a much fuller depth of flavor yeah. as well.
0: And how do you get the flavor in there?
1: So at the moment we've got uh we've got a core range of four.
0: Mm.
1: We've got a ginger lemon and a turmeric and the way those two are made we brew a plain kombucha base so those three teas I mentioned before and then we flavor with a little bit of organic cold pressed juice. Okay. Our other two flavors The one you're drinking, the elderflower, and the one I'm drinking, the raspberry hibiscus, slightly different. So those are partially flavoured pre-fermentation. So when we're steeping the tea, Uh we're also steeping organic elderflowers. And with this one, we're steeping organic hibiscus flowers, which gives us this amazing pink colour.
0: And how long does it have to stay in the jar for typically before you can bottle it?
1: Depending on what we're brewing, it's anywhere from one to two weeks.
0: Okay. So how do people find a good starter culture if they want to make it for themselves?
1: That's that's a good question. So we actually bought our first ever one from a company online called Happy Kombucha. Okay. And from there, we've just fed it and kept growing ourselves. So, so I definitely... A, it's
0: part of the same one that you bought back in 2018, still lives on
1: Exactly. Today. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> it is quite like sourdough, isn't it? Because that happens with people who've got the the sourdough starters they'll just keep adding and adding and adding to yeah it, and then so. you,
1: and then and then that's the other thing is you can pass on to a friend so if you're an avid kombucha brewer yeah you can when you're making your kombucha don't bottle all of the batch right leave some in the jar let that go super strong and then that can be your starter culture yeah which you can either use for your next batch or you could give that to a to a friend yeah but you can also you can also as i mentioned earlier you can make it from a bottle of bottle of momo yeah because it's um, live That's because it's because it's live yeah. uh you need probably a slightly stronger concentration of tea and sugar and leave it for a bit longer but you'll be able to make really great great kombucha
0: so the longer you leave it the longer the stronger it's getting basically
1: yes yeah, so essentially as it continues to ferment the sugar content drops, yeah. and the acidity rises, so the the pH of the liquid is decreasing. Um, when we're making kombucha to put in the bottle, yeah, we're aiming for a, a pH of about three point two. Yeah, but if you want to make if you want to make strong starter culture, you would just leave that for a couple more weeks, and the yeah. pH would keep dropping. Yeah, and say it gets down to two point eight or two point nine. It's that kombucha that's much more acidic that you'd want to use to kickstart yeah. your next next batch, but
0: not necessarily as nice to drink because it would be quite vinegary. Be very, it? very
1: vinegary, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't wanna you wouldn't wanna drink that stuff. But you,
0: it wouldn't kill you.
1: <laughs> no, 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 not not at all. And it's it's getting closer to. Um, it's getting closer to kind of more like apple cider vinegar, which people yeah. drink all the time.
0: I think what we were talking before about the SCOBY and that you know at the end of each one you've got this SCOBY leftover that you don't necessarily use, but you you've got some inventive uses for the the SCOBY waste, haven't you?
1: Yeah. So actually, in the early days when we were brewing from home, we partnered up with a uh, a student who was working on design and materials. And she was taking our scobies and trying to make vegan leather. Wow! So she was coming back with with gloves and with coasters, and it's really, really early stage. Yeah. But there's there are scientists and researchers now who are thinking that the scoby could be part of the um, the, the solution to single use plastic. But it was quite funny when she'd come to our house, <laughs> and I would be kind of dealing out this scoby from my, my big bucket it almost looked like i was dealing in placenta yeah, yeah, from, the, from, is, from the front doorstep it's it was, not an
0: attractive looking thing it's is not it? at
1: all it's uh yeah it's it's kind of kind of gross but really cool what you can do and then i mentioned the the big book of kombucha yeah. earlier they've got all sorts of weird and wonderful things that you can do with the the scoby whether it's uh dog treats um, There's talks of face masks. Okay. If you want to sort of cut out holes and put one of the, the discs <laughs> on your, it's like
0: something with Doctor Who.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So,
0: which would she be like dehydrating it to use as leather?
1: So with yeah, with the leather, it's it's partly dehydration, and then I think they she was mixing it with hemp fibres, oh, okay. which is uh, a byproduct of making things from from hemp. So you're mm. kind of using two different different byproducts. To be perfectly honest, I think they're a long way from. <laughs> the solution it's not quite there yet but it's um you know it's it's starting and you know there's even designers who have made these kind of crazy incredible dresses yeah uh maybe suitable for the catwalk not so suitable for the high street
0: yeah it would be great if something that that was you know self-forming and it it, to use to be able to use it for something practical would be fab wouldn't it yeah um you're going to tell us about the best time to drink it as well. Is there a best time to drink it? Is it, you know, is it better first thing in the morning so, on an empty stomach? Or? So
1: kombucha is super, super versatile. Yeah. Um, my preference is first thing in the morning uh, yeah. on an empty stomach. Yeah. It's incredibly energizing. I think that's partly because of the acetic acid yeah. in, the, in the kombucha. It also pairs really, really well with with food, mm. um, and it's a great accompaniment to a meal. It's also great after you've had a had a big meal. Yeah, because it's um, like a
0: digestive. It helps. It, yeah. it helps
1: with digestion and helps lower blood sugar levels. Yeah. Again, because of the because of the acetic acid, but a lot of people now are drinking kombucha in the evening as an alternative to alcohol.
0: Yeah, I've, I found that if I'm doing Dry January, um, having something like a kombucha, it's just. For some reason it just kind of hits the spot
1: yeah i think because it's because it's fermented yeah it it almost tastes like Tricks it could you be alcoholic that and it's yeah. got that kind of complexity Tan, and yeah. it feels like a bit of a, a treat drink and actually the one i'm drinking now the raspberry hibiscus is amazing pink color mm. looks really nice in a wine glass or a yeah. cocktail glass um, the only thing to consider is if you're super sensitive to caffeine it does contain a bit of caffeine yeah. about the same amount as a cup of tea so yeah. that's my only warning about drinking it in the evening
0: Cool. So, what what are your plans for the future for world kombucha domination? <laughs>
1: we've we've got huge ambitions for, for Momo. Yeah. Uh, our vision at the moment is to try and become the the, the UK's favourite kombucha, but we don't want to lose sight of why my wife and I started the yeah. business, which was about you know trying to trying to do the business. Differently and trying to do it the right way, yeah. trying to for ourselves to lead healthier lives and yeah. more, more connected lives. Uh, and ultimately, we don't want to do anything that compromises the, the liquid. So, we do want to scale, but we don't want to change don't the to, method of production yeah. that you've just seen. So, we're going to need a lot more small glass jars. So,
0: the, the glass jars are staying. The glass jars are staying, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <clears> That's <throat> a lovely business. And thank you so much for in, inviting me down to come and have a look around and um, wish you lots and lots of luck with the future oh, thank you thanks. thanks for coming down thanks josh thank you for listening to the olive podcast for recipes and more information head to olivemagazine.com do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats hacks and shortcuts and don't forget to subscribe at itunes acast spotify or wherever you get your podcasts